Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Scream, it's the Taz Show. Everybody hacking, everybody just wants more with the action. Hip hop Jones got the music blasting. Better watch out, it's all he's asking. Over like Rover, he keeps it real, he's no joker. Original, he's no poser, no competition, he's the owner. There I'm moving speakers closer, cause it's time to tune in to the Taz Show. Oh, yes, it's Friday, kids. Happy Friday. Yeah, welcome, welcome to the Taz Show. The podcast, the pod as we call it. Taz Talk, whatever you want to call it. We're rocking, we're rolling. Yes, um, it's Friday, everybody's running amok, happy, going into the weekend. Oh, it's cold, it's snowing out. Unless you live in like Florida or parts of California or wherever, where it's not cold. It's cold here in New York, I promise you that. Stone like some bitch your day. Stone like some bitch. I want to thank uh, thank you guys for downloading this episode. Maybe you're doing that on iTunes or Spotify or TuneIn or at the radio radio.com app or tazshow.com. Plethora of ways to bring the show into your life. In this here, look at here. <clears throat> in this here edition of this uh, Taz Show. I want to give you some of my thoughts and opinions on uh, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, the attack that Jericho did in Japan on Kenny. I'm going to give thoughts on that. I didn't talk in the podcast form of my show here about Ronda Rousey or thoughts and opinions of her going to WWE. I'll get into that. I want to give some thoughts on tribute <clears throat> to the troops, which was last night on Thursday. Now, truth be told, I did not watch the bulk of the show, so I'm not going to get into details of last night's show. I want to talk about Tribute to the Troops as a whole, so I'll get into that. And also, if I have time here in this specific pod, Clash of the Champions, I'd like to give some prediction on this show that they have rocking and rolling, as the expression goes, so... So there you have it. That's what's on the docket. I laid it out for you. Like a true pro. I wanted to, I didn't really say this publicly, I wanted to give um, basically details today in this podcast, but I can't give details, but Lordy B, we're close, to tell you, well, what is Taz going to be doing in 2018? What will the Taz show be? Um, yeah, um, <laughs> uh, I'm, there are, there is, um, you guys know, I've said it before, there's an opportunity in front of yours truly, and, um, decisions need to be made on, um, several different ways, and I think today, on Friday, December 15th, several of those decisions will be made. Now, there's a good chance that while you're listening to this, that means the podcast dropped, and maybe... News from me or my camp will drop news, other news, after the podcast drops. That's not a um, systematically planned gimmick, Schnabitz, Fernum, Burnham. That's just because I 
was not able, while recording this podcast, to give the information. That's why. News can drop over the weekend from yours truly also, uh, or Monday. I don't think it's going to be much longer. Quite frankly, it can't be. Let's just leave it at that. I feel bad that I haven't been able to get the details, which some of you jobbers, but that's the way it goes. I, I just, you guys understand business. You guys are smart. You're sophisticated. You're handsome. And if you're a woman, you're very gorgeous. You're gorge, gorgeous men and women, all of you. How about that? That's how you put somebody over. All right. So there you go. You guys are smart. You get it. You're sophisticated and you're schwami. Yeah. All right, so um, I'd, I'd love to tell you more. Trust me. Um, and when the news drops, I think a lot of you will be happy and think it's cool. I'll have to do some explaining of what what's going on with everything. Um, it's not bad. It's good. I think so. Anyway, so there, there, there's a great chance there's going to be some change. So I think you guys figured that out by now for 2018. With the Taz show, <coughs> excuse me, and um, yours truly. So, all right. Um, before I get rock and rolling, talking about Chris Jericho attacking Kenny Omega, let me get into uh, basically talking to you about some business and my good friends over at, you know them, Rocket Mortgage. Oh, yeah. See, support for the Taz show <laughs> comes directly from our friends. At Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. See, they understand that the home plays a big role in your life and family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. And Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. And the best part, kids, it's simple. Whether you're looking to buy your first home, your 10th home, or your 200th home, You'd have to have a lot of loot to have 200 homes, I'll tell you that. Those are like little Monopoly homes, and you wouldn't need that much money. But anyway, Rocket Mortgage gives you a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. <clears throat> so Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans applies simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, please go to rocketmortgage.com slash Taz, that's T-A-Z, rocketmortgage.com slash Taz, equal housing lender, Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. So, <clears throat> Kenny Omega, he got bloodied up and beat up in Japan by this surprise attack by Chris Jericho. Now, most of you guys know about this. I'm not breaking news. This is a few days old. <clears throat> it's um, If you haven't seen this footage, or you're not a fan, or you're like a regular uh, supporter or viewer of... New Japan, you need to go watch and check this out because it's cool. And I loved it. I love what Chris did. I, I love the surprise. I'll get into some details on it. The surprise attack, I mean. Um, look, this this as an overview here. <clears throat> Let me explain quick before I give you an overview because some of you guys might not have seen this, so I'll just explain it. Basically, uh, Kenny Omega gets got done working and then there was another one of those videos on the Tron for New Japan and Chris Jericho popped up and and it looks like they taped a bunch of these because it's like in the same location like a warehouse or something like that and Chris looking directly to the camera the camera's shooting up at him and Chris cuts a, another great promo basically saying 
you know, uh, I, I'm, you're going to get destroyed. New Year comes around. I'm, I'm obviously paraphrasing. I, mean, I didn't read the, I didn't write the man's promo. And uh, Kenny Omega, it's Omega versus uh, uh, me and uh, Jericho. And I'm, I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you're, you're done. I'm going to destroy you. And uh, it keeps yelling at the camera, Chris. But meanwhile, while they're showing the, <clears throat> the, the footage on the, on the, uh, on the Tron, the building is, is a blackout, so everybody could focus on the screen. That's like a, it's a simple, very simple thing, just so you guys understand. I might have explained this a long time ago on the Taz show, but, you know, it sounds like, well, okay, they shut the lights in the building while something's on the Tron. Yeah, I know it sounds so simple, but it's actually imperative, very important, if you can do that most of the times. because it puts all the focus on the screen. It's such a subtle simple thing but it works and we've seen a lot of companies do this again this is not like new stuff but i'm just you know sometimes sometimes i like to explain like little nuances to you guys little little trinkets <coughs> kind of thing <coughs> excuse me <coughs> watch that and um that's what happened here you shut the lights in the building and then you put the tron on and everyone's looking at the tron so no one's looking at the ring no one's looking at kenny the focus is all on jericho <coughs> so um, the lights come up and they go to a wide shot. So they have a hard camera that shoots a hard camera is the main, like a main camera that shoots. That's on a tripod. That's your main one camera. And it looked like for the, now I didn't see the whole show that that aired. So I, I can't speak on everything else or regular. I don't normally watch new Japan to be honest. I worked for them, wrestled for them many years ago, several tr- tours and trips, but um, and I've worked in Japan enough, but I, I have not watched like the New Japan show regularly. So I don't, I'm not going to give you details now because I'm not privy. I'm not that I'm not privy. I'm just not educated to it. Now, <clears throat> this hard camera is facing the entranceway, which faces the Tron. So Kenny Omega obviously is facing the entranceway. He's facing the Tron. The lights come up and the hard camera now because Kenny is still looking at the Tron, well, Kenny's back is to the hard camera. Okay. There's someone else back facing the hard camera. So when they come up full, as we call it in the TV business, where it's lit, main camera, you see the Tron, you see Kenny with his back to us, and you see somebody else. You see someone else's back. We don't, I don't, I didn't know who it was initially. Now I knew, but because I knew, I read about the angle. But if I'm watching, I'm trying to get sucked in into the show. I I don't know who it is. And then the announcers, Kevin Kelly, I love Kev. I think he's a very good underrated play-by-play man. Uh, And he's been on my show. And and I, when I first started as an announcer in WWE, Kevin Kelly was in WWE. And Kevin, you know, helped me my, my first couple of days with the gig. You know, he, he's just a good guy, a real pro's pro, and I think he's a great fit there with the New Japan stuff. Um, but I don't know if he was directed this way or not. He and the color commentator started <clears throat> uh, screaming, it's Jericho, oh my God, it's Jericho, it's Jericho, Jericho. You know, I can understand them getting hung up in the emotion. They're there in the building. I get it. Um I just disagree with the way this was handled. If it was done from someone in their holding area, whatever they call their gorilla position, 
whoever's producing the announcers off. It was just the announcers on their own. I don't agree with that move because, uh, and I'm saying that respectfully uh, because, I, like I said, I, I love Kevin. I do. But I don't think that you, but I keep it real here. You know, I keep it 100, as kids say. Keep 100. Keep it lit. Keep 100. Keep it. But, yeah, I just don't agree with it because I don't, I can't see who it is. And now when the announcers are yelling that it's it's Chris Jericho, it's Chris Jericho. Well, the announcers, they the number one rule for announcers, and at least this is what I was taught for many years <laughs> by some pretty high-end guys, um, you got to look at your monitor. And what the monitor sees is what the fan at home sees or vice versa. So I don't agree with, with them saying it's a you have to play dumb. You have to do the job until you can see him. And so you have to say something like this. Wait, who's, is that, what? That's what you have to do. That's it. <laughs> if that's not, is, wait, is that, you have to, because you, until you see the guy's face or you know it's really him from behind, you, you can't, you can't do that. Quite frankly, I don't know, like, I know New Japan and, and Japanese wrestling companies are great at kayfabe and, and not spoiling stuff. Sometimes not letting the boys know and not letting people know who's going to be a surprise. Quite honestly, with this bit here, I don't know what happened backstage, but it seemed to me that the announcers knew he was going to be there, especially because the color commentator, Callis, got in the ring later on, which I'll get into that in a second. So they, they obviously knew, I would think, and I could hear the commentary that the announcers knew that Chris was going to be there. Well, you would think, wait a minute, this guy's going to fly all the way from America or Japan or, or Canada, wherever Chris is coming from, uh, into Japan, and no one's going to know? Yeah, it's it's not hard to keep a secret. And and, and New Japan has been great at that in, in the past for many years. They know what they're doing. Um, I would have kayfabe the announcers. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't have told them one bit. I would not have told them one bit. Um, and... I've been in this position as an announcer, <clears throat> so let me explain. Okay, I've been told in my headset by Vince McMahon, Michael Cole, and I more than three or four times, I can't name because I can't remember the situations. Look at your monitors, guys. Don't take your eyes off the monitor. Don't take and and just don't don't look at the ring. That you know, don't. Just look at the like right before something's gonna happen. <clears throat> next thing you know, it's a surprise uh, guy coming through the through the uh, audience, jumping the guardrail. You know, um, just look at your monitor. Look at your monitor. That's what you're told. Because then, and that's such a genius production of the announcers that no one ever talks about and no one knows because it doesn't happen a lot. And I don't know if anybody look. I've it's well documented that Vince McMahon overproduces the announcers. That's been going on for years, and I've been part of that too. But you know what? I've always said too. There's, there's been times where he has given me great stuff, and I know I've learned a ton. So that stuff falls on deaf ears because everybody just talks about how much he overproduces, and it could be annoying sometimes, and it makes your job hard. And I agree with that. That's the truth. But there are times and there were things where I've learned from him and got some great stuff from him. And that's one of them, where if you really think about what I just told you, really pull back the curtain, where you're told, stare at the monitor, stare, don't, don't, just please, just look at the monitor. Now, they can see you. There's a spy cam on you, and the gorilla position can see you. So Vince McMahon can see you. That's what people don't know. 
Now, I, me and Cole don't have a camera seeing them, but we can, they can see us. Uh, in TNA, it wasn't like that. There was no camera. Um, the announcers, uh, the production people, somebody in Gorilla can talk to the announcers, and there's a talk back bucket, button, button, talk back button, say that 10 times, where you could talk back to the people in the Gorilla position producing you. In TNA, that's how it was when I was there for a long time, for Mike Tanay and I. WWE, uh-uh, one-way street Jones. Yeah, that's how that was. Yeah, they could talk to you. You can't talk to them. They can see you. You can't see them. Doesn't sound fair. Welcome to the announcing in WWE. Yes. So, <laughs> but but that's how that's the shoot right there, as the kids are saying in the business now. It's a shoot. <laughs> so now here's the dealio, right? So you got to look at your monitor. You got to look at your monitor. You should have kayfabe the announcers, not told them Jericho was going to be there. And why? Why would you do this? Well, you know, if you've been listening to all 500 episodes and counting of the Taz show, you know the answer. You don't want the announcers to sound like they're acting or contrived. You want them to be organic. You want them to be real. You want them in that situation to react like a fan, like a viewer. If they know what's going to happen and they saw Chris early in the day and they're catching up and talking to him, it's you can't expect announcers to be actors. It just, it's not going to work. And that's what I think happened here. The emotion was there by the announced team. There definitely was emotion. I'm not knocking them for that. I'm just saying the booking of it should have been kayfabed. That's what I think. Meaning the booking, when I say booking, the announcers definitely should not have known. I, you know, I don't know. They might, they might have done this and maybe they gave just, just gave these announcers an overview. I don't know. But if they did, all I know is no one told me this, just hearing them. I would need someone really to convince me that those two guys didn't know Chris was going to be there <laughs> because there were things, not just on the reveal of Chris in the ring, but there were things that were said that jumped out to me that they knew and the way it was said during the heat, the beatdown by Chris on Kenny Omega. So speaking of that beatdown, now that beatdown was excellent. Okay, and Chris's intensity was off the chain. Kenny, his selling was awesome. Big Juice Jones, okay, a lot of blood. Kenny got a lot of blood, and you know what? It felt so old school, the whole angle that it was in Japan, and that felt great. That old school feel was badass, and Chris is the perfect guy to pull this off, and because he gets it, he's been to Japan so many times. He's been in the industry for dec- for decades and a high success. Um, he understands it. He knows the kind of heat and the feel you want for this angle. Um, I tip my cap to New Japan for getting this angle done. This is a match that most are really going to want to see: Kenny Omega, uh, you know, versus Jericho. Um, and it's going to do really good numbers. But but so the thing is, back to the, 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 what happened, the old school feel was was very cool, very cool. And Kenny just sold and bumped and just did everything he had to do, and it was done right. Um, the And like I said, it felt old school, okay? And then he went even a step further in a little while, and I'll tell you that in a second. Um, <clears throat> what I didn't like about it was 
I didn't like once Chris got out of the ring and, and, and security and all these guys got him out of the ring and Kenny was able to sell and he's down. Um, during the tail end of the heat, the beat down, you heard um, uh, Kevin Kelly saying, Don Callis, don't, don't, uh, Don, don't go, don't go in the ring, don't, don't help him, that type thing. Um, I'm like, oh boy, that means he's going to go in the ring. And sure enough, he did. And uh, to check on Kenny, and then Chris came back to the ring, got in the ring, and beat up Don, you know. I really think that was, in just my professional opinion, you know, um, and and you don't have to agree with me and and all that stuff. I, I professionally, in my professional opinion, I don't think that was needed. I think Chris got a a great amount of heat that was good, and um, I think that if I was sitting with Chris and he was on my show again, or I was on his pod again, which I don't know when that's dropping, because him and I did record a podcast for his show, for his podcast. I guess it'll drop soon, but. Um, if Chris and I were talking, I could promise you it would be an interesting debate because I would give him my opinion that I don't think that he should have went back in the ring. And whoever booked that, uh, if that was Chris or the office, whoever, I just didn't agree with that. I felt like it was anticlimactic. I don't think it was needed. Um, uh, Don is not a star there. I think most of the people in the audience hardly knew who he was because they didn't care. And I know a Japanese audience is a different. They react to things differently and it's tough to shoot a uh, american pro wrestling style angle and then go that far and it's very american style where the commentator gets up who's american in this case canadian and gets beat up by the the heat man himself meaning chris jericho the guy who got all the heat on you know he's the heel in the in the whole story um you know i just don't think that was needed uh, again, just my opinion. You know, some some might disagree. Again, I'm you know I, that's a little little thing. It's not a big thing when you think of the angle. You're not going to about think about Chris beating up the color commentator. You can think about the Kenny Omega's got to get revenge and redemption on Jericho. That's what you're going to think about because Jericho did the right thing, and so did um, Kenny Omega. And speaking of Kenny Omega, <clears throat> during the the heat while Chris was beating him up and all that stuff. Before Chris, you know, left and gave this finishing, you know, finish blow. Uh, I think it was another cold breaker, I think. Uh, Kenny started blowing a comeback with a, a plethora of right hands, I believe it was, punches. And, man, the people started getting with Kenny, and Chris cut him off at the right time. Just as the people starting to come, Chris cut him off. Boom, I'm like, wow, I just smiled watching. I'm like, hey, good job, Chris. That's, that's a true um, tough art to know when... To cut that baby face off. That's a pro right there. Chris, uh, good job, my friend. That that's that, that was done perfectly, that I could tell you. And then they did the thing later on where Jericho then was in uh, uh, the press conference, conference and they, uh, they were asking him about the, the attack or the match, and Chris was just about st- starting to talk about it. And all, out of nowhere... Uh, Kenny Omega came in, flew in, and just jumped Jericho and started beating him up behind the, the conference table desk uh, table uh, gimmick there. And it was great intensity by Kenny. It was really, really good stuff to see that. Pull apart Jones. Chris got pissed. He threw the table. It looked and felt real. And that's something um, like I was talking to Seth about, you know, the KFJ. 
And Seth made a good point to me. This is offline. He said, you know, th- that's the realism that WWE doesn't have anymore. And I go, he goes, that you always talk about. I go, no doubt. I mean, that felt so real. And what really helped the press conference, guys, if you watch it back, which really helped it was zero commentating. There was no voiceovers, nothing. It was cold and dry, and it felt real. And the media, and I've been part of this type of stuff many years ago in Japan in like a press conference of physicality. And the media doesn't know it's going to happen, which is awesome. I guarantee you they were kayfabe. I guarantee you. The Japanese wrestling promotions, no matter which one it is, they're really good at that. So I think that um, they probably had no clue that was going to happen. See, because in Japan, it's pretty badass. Like, I remember the first time I wrestled there. You know, we did. You know, had a great. We wrestled at uh, Kurokan Hall in Tokyo, and uh, and it was a great, great house. And everything was great. The car was great, except for the part of Gypsy Joe, you know, kicking my ass. That part wasn't great, but uh, <laughs> but anyway. Um, and you wake up in the morning, and in a newspaper. Now you you know you can't. I can't read Japanese, and maybe you can, but you see pictures of the show, and. My point is, they cover it in a newspaper, which is pretty sick. It's awesome. So uh, the media is kept in the dark on stuff with angles, and they they try to keep it that it's a shoot, you know, the business, which is very cool. So, um, but I enjoyed the the press conference deal. Uh, my only thing I would have done a little bit different, just to nitpick a little bit, I think that Chris going back on the microphone after he got attacked by Kenny. Chris, again, showed great intensity now on the microphone. He was pissed off about what just happened. But I wouldn't have I, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have had um, Chris go back on uh, the mic. I would have kind of rather seen Chris do his promo on the mic and get intense to the media and then have, have Kenny attack him and then leave with the physicality or that, you know, Kenny got his redemption a little bit which now they're even Steven, as the expression goes, going into um, into the big show. You know what I mean? So, but you know what? Again, I'm splitting hairs. It's not a you know, it's not a huge, huge, huge problem. But uh, but I'm just giving you my uh, my perspective on that. So, but at the end of the day, I thought the whole thing was done. <coughs> excuse me. I thought the whole thing was done very well for the most part. I enjoyed it. I think they they brought that realism back to the business, which is needed. And uh, and it was pretty cool. So so that's the deal. I'm going to break here in a second. Uh, but first, I'm going to let you guys understand something here real quick. You know, listen, you knew the risk of driving drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. You could get arrested, incur huge legal expenses, and possibly even lose your job. You knew the consequences of driving drunk. And you were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Too drunk to drive means too drunk for complicated apps. Safer Ride is the simplest possible way to get home safe and only has three self-explanatory buttons on the home screen. You can call a friend, locate, and call a cab company, or bring up a map of your current location. Help NHTSA end drunk driving by doing your part and use NHTSA Safer Ride app to get home safely, guys. All right. Taz Show, other side of break, get into some uh, Ronda Rousey chatter and give you some predictions on Clash of the Champions. All right, Taz Show, sit tight, jobbers.
All right, guys, we're back here on the Taz Show. Good to talk about some Ronda Rousey a little bit here and uh, get into the chatter about Clash of the Champions, as they call it. Hey, support for the Taz Show comes directly from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They know the deal. They know the home plays a big role in your life and family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. And it's simple, guys. Whether if you're looking for your to buy your first house or your tenth, Rocket Mortgage gives you a transparent, online, simple process to give you the confidence that you need to make an informed decision. Apply simply, baby. Don't forget, apply simply. So it's Rocket Mortgage by Quicker Loans. Apply simply. Understand fully. Mortgage confidently to get started. Please go to RocketMortgage.com/taz. That's RocketMortgage.com. Slash Taz, equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030, Rocket Mortgage. Yes, yeah, so Ronda Rousey. So, yeah, there's um, there's been some chatter for the past, I don't know, week and a half or so. You know, did she sign with WWE? Will she be doomed if she did? Is this a problem? Is is, is WWE, uh, <laughs> is the two losses, uh, her last uh, two fights, I believe it was, against home and... Uh, and Nunez, will, will this hurt her? Blah, 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 blah. Stop. Stop. Just stop. Stop it, please. It's not going to hurt her. That's number one. Number two, I think, uh, personally, there's a good chance that she already signed a contract with WWE. And I think that they're waiting to make a big deal that she signed and and and, and they're kayfabing everybody. That's what I think. <laughs> Usually with this type of stuff, when there's when they smoke, there's fire, as the cliche expression goes. And I really de- uh, feel like that's the situation with this. You know, I think she already maybe have signed. Um, look, at, I, I said this recently on CBS Sports Radio. I, I did a show with my friend Moose, uh, Mark Malusis, my man, who's been on the Taz show before. Last Saturday, I believe, we did a four-hour show on CBS Sports Radio. I think it was then I talked about this. Or was it? It was on CBS Sports Radio. I can't remember which show. But regardless, I've done a few last week. Um, the WWE is not going to... Look, she's a big star, Ronda Rousey. There's no doubt about that. And and they're not going to invest like they did at WrestleMania with her and The Rock, Triple H and Stephanie, and she hooked Stephanie's arm. You guys remember all that. You guys saw it happen. WWE is, it, it, look, of course they, they, they signed her already or they're going to sign her. I mean, and, and she, we've seen her with the other the four horsewomen and stuff with Becky and Charlotte and stuff like some stuff on social media, WWE social media stuff, NXT stuff. Uh, Shane, uh, what's her name? Blazler, Blazer, Blazer. I always say her name wrong. That tremendous talent that's going to debut for NXT soon. That's uh, a good friend of Ronda. All this jazz. Look, it's. I just really feel like she's already signed. That's just my opinion. No one's going to admit that. I think um, recently uh, Triple H did an interview somewhere. It might have been something on one of the CBS. They have all these different somebody some guys do like a like a wrestling podcast some guys that never done anything and like they they I don't remember the name of it I could have sworn I saw something that they got some quotes from Triple H and um he of course denied this like look I, I have no idea I'm reading this stuff every he said something like every once in a while I go look on the internet <laughs> no sell Jones okay every once in a while <laughs> got it hunter okay you're never on the internet no I know you're never looking at Twitter I I got I understand no cell city, that's called. Yeah, that's that's the typical uh, wrestler thing right there. They they don't put nothing over. They won't say nothing. Like you know, like I I, I don't. I look at the internet once in a while. I don't. I don't. You know, I don't watch that. I don't, yeah. Okay. Got it. I understand. No problem. So um, there was something. I, again, I'm not misquoting the guy because I'm not quoting him. But 
there was some kind of a feel that he had basically said that no, look, I she's not signed. I, I you know, I mean, it could happen that type of thing. And I don't blame Triple H for saying that. He shouldn't say it to. When they make an announcement or a press conference, that's when it should be said. They're going to make a big deal out of her her signing. She could be signed already. That's what I'm saying. Don't don't believe all that. You know, not, and it could be that she didn't sign yet, but she's been training at the uh, Performance Center gimmick. I've heard there's been some uh, kayfabe training center, uh, 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 or not auditions, uh, spots with her. I think that's some stuff with Natalia. You know, so, you know... Look, they're investing in her. They're getting her ready. They're teaching her the business. She is a tremendous athlete, a great fighter. Uh, 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 her judo will help her. Her, her. She's such a high level, uh, just athlete and fighter. Uh, judo will help her um, because of the falling end of it, taking bumps, the that part of the game, and certain throws and takedowns in the business are so similar or derived from judo um more than jujitsu um so her judo game is helping her i promise you to grasp the physical end of this business because it helped me uh and her judo level is a lot higher than i i mine was but regardless it will help you and so for that i think she's gonna really do well quick and they're teaching her the game. She's, she's, I'm sure she is signed because they don't want her going and doing some spot, some appearance for Ring of Honor or something in New Japan or something like that. They, they when she's learning under under WWE, so they have a lockdown. Come on, I mean, you know, I, I, I sometimes I expect other people to realize this, but it's tough if you haven't been in the game, you don't realize it. But you know. That's that's my take on the whole thing. I I I feel like she's probably signed already, and when they de- debut her, she's she's they're gonna do a big press conference, and they should. I'm sure Triple H will take a photo with her and put it on. You know, so it always be. <laughs> Triple H has to take the photos, as we know, with with everybody. So that's just. I'd love to see one person debut and have a photo alone, you know, or or a photo with Stephanie or a photo. Alone, how about that? Like I just said, so something. I just, just again, things you wouldn't hear on Dance with the Table, you know. So, so, uh, so that's my deal on that. I, I think. Look, I think she's gonna have a great career. There's some scuttlebutt. Well, maybe they keep Oscar uh, undefeated until she faces Ronda Rousey. Maybe they're getting her ready. Who knows for Mania to face uh, Oscar? Could be. I, 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 I'm down for that. I think that'd be cool. Even though I'm, I'm still not crazy about the whole undefeated thing with Oscar, but you're in this deep, you got to keep going. So I get what WWE's doing there. Seriously, um, you know, I get it. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think that, um, uh, I think Ronda Rousey will have a tremendous career in WWE. In closing, I feel like, like I said, like she is signed. Um, and I, I do think that it'll be... Um, She's gonna do awesome. I do. I think she's gonna do awesome. I, I, she's probably an intelligent girl who wants to learn the right way, and she's got the right people teaching her. She's gonna learn their system, which, when you learn their system, you most of the time, not always, will have success under their eyeballs. Because when you don't learn under their system, they look at you as you have habits that we need to change. Because 
That's my biggest problem, as I've said many times in the past, with WWE and that performance center. It's it's one mindset as an overview of training, and that'll be a professional wrestler. And to me, that doesn't work. That's not a good move. Um, that's not what the business is built on, you know. So that that's a little bit of a problem, in my professional opinion. But you know what? I think uh, it's not going to hurt them. Maybe down the road they'll put up other performance centers. Who knows what other people are viewing them. At the end of the day, it's going to be Triple H's vision. So, And I'm not knocking his vision, but it's one vision. <laughs> so they're all going to learn that way. So for her, for Rousey, she's going to learn under that under that vision. She's going to do well. You know, uh, a homegrown talent. That's what she'll be. So, okay, Clash of Champions this Sunday, uh, you know, we'll see. This is a SmackDown uh, gimmick, I believe, right? They're doing this in Boston, you know, which uh, Boston is a a great wrestling town, okay? Great wrestling town for sure. And uh, on top, they got AJ Styles versus Shinda Mahal, AJ defending his WWE Championship, as you guys know. Uh, Let me give you just some quick thoughts. Uh, I didn't write none down. I'm just (laughs) looking at the card here on the paper. Give some quick predictions on this deal here. Uh, you got Brazango, uh, Bludgeon Brothers. I think Bludgeon Brothers win the match. They have to. They're on the up. They're on the climb. They're building a Brazango. Can't hurt Brazango. They're all gimmick, haha, funny, and they're entertaining as hell. So, you know, it'll be a good match. All four guys are pros. I think it'll be pretty good. And you rock and roll with that. I don't know if that's the pre-show or not. I know Zack Ryder's wrestling Mojo Raleigh also, uh, you know, former tag team partners. I think Mojo's going to win there. Um, I just think they want to put some heat and build Mojo a little bit. He's he's newer in the company than Zach. That's what I think they're going to do there. Uh, United States Championship, uh, Baron Corbin versus Bobby Roode versus Dolph Ziggler, Triple Threat Jones. You know, this match here could steal the show if it wants to, if these three guys want to, and, and they're positioned the right way in the card. You know, I... I I have no problem with this match going first on the extra pay-per-view if those other matches are, are uh, part of the pre-show um, because this match will be exciting, will be great. Uh, you know, Rude Ziggler, the similarities in their work style, and you have the big heater in the champion, U.S. champion Baron Corbin. I think the whole thing will be badass. I love this match. Um, I'm going to do a prediction here. I'm going to say the championship's going to go on Bobby Rude. In this deal, um, even though if they keep it on Corbin, I got no problem with it. Uh, excellent heel, really still growing in himself, and he's doing an awesome job, and then WWE's taking their time with him. Uh, but doesn't hurt him uh, if he takes the title off. But right now, his heat's in that title. Bobby Roode needs to get to that next level. Lord knows he can do it on the microphone, and they can do it physically. We'll see if they give him that title to solidify it. I think he becomes new U.S. champ. Just bold prediction. I don't... Read none of the dirt sheet crap, as you guys know. Randy Orton, Nakamura tagging up against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan, they're both referees in this deal. All right, so, um, you know, it could get a little crowd in that ring with two refs if they do it that way. They might have one ref on the outside, meaning Shane or, or Daniel. Um, if we have a tag match and you got one guy in each apron and one guy in the ring, I'm sorry, two guys in the ring and two refs, it could get a little clunky. So, I, I think they're smarter than that. I don't think they'll have both refs in the ring at the same time because then the match is truly about the refs. Um, as you guys know, I'm not crazy about the teaming of Orton and Nakamura. I know why they're doing it here. I'd like to see Nak do a lot more stuff and then push him as an individual. He, they really haven't um, lately. But regardless, um, I think the stips off, if the heels lose, they, they're fired. So uh, I, don't think, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I don't know. We'll see. 
I'm not looking at my cheat sheet, but I think Nakamura got pinned on SmackDown Tuesday, and I went crazy in a, in a match. So I think Owens pinned him. So maybe uh, Nak gets redemption, but I don't know how, because I'm pretty sure I thought there was some kind of stip. Um, but again, I just I put this together real quick here, going over these matches. So SmackDown Tag Team Titles, Uso uh, versus New Day versus Shelton Benjamin, Chad Gable, and Rusev and Aiden English. Fatal four-way deal here. Uh, I, you know, I love the Usos straight up. You know, I don't think Russo, uh, Rusev and English get it. Uh, I don't, I mean, I can see them maybe who needs it is Benjamin and Gable if they want to push them. They need it. But I say keep it on the Usos. I mean, they're just, they're just awesome. I mean, it's just that they add to, to everything. So I, I'll say that they're going to keep it on the Usos. How about that? I'm going that route. Firm prediction. There it is. Women's champion uh, Charlotte Flair is going to defend against Natalia in this Lumberjack match. You guys heard me talk about it on the SmackDown podcast I did. I didn't like the way they built up to this. They didn't put any real heat for Natalia. They made it more about Ruby Riot and the other two uh, young ladies. Um, I, I got to tell you, it's a Lumberjack match deal. I think Charlotte Flair retains here, and then they maybe go into an angle with somebody else. But I, I think Charlotte retains. AJ Styles versus Shinda Mahal. I'll tell you what. What the hell? Let's go crazy. Let's get nutty. And uh, I say put it on gender. I mean, if they keep it on AJ, it's all good in the hood. I mean, guys, you know, you got to love AJ. He's awesome. But gender, I mean, it, this guy has been on top for quite some time. They kept that title on for a long time. Um, I think the office loves him. What's not the love? The guy gets heat. He can talk. He looks great. He's a, a physical monster and all that other good stuff. <sighs> so I'm saying basically that two titles would change hands. The U.S. title would go would go on uh, Bobby Roode, and then the WWE title would go on Jinder. Uh, that's a bold prediction, right, guys? That's a bold prediction. Is that what I'm saying? Is that what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I guess that is what I'm saying. Don't beat me up on Twitter on this. I, I, I don't, I, I'm probably not going to be wrong. But I just go by my gut. So I do say that I think, I would say that I think Jinder Mahal would be the WWE champion and defeat AJ Styles. I'm sure it's not going to happen. But I think that would be awesome. So I'm going to predict that will happen. How about that? Keep it simple. Keep it real up in here. And that's the deal. Well, look, guys, uh, I'll probably talk to you guys over the weekend somehow, some way, either on Facebook Live or Instagram Jones Live, or, you know, maybe not a podcast, maybe, but because um, anything goes on over the weekend here with me, I want to let you guys know what's going on. And I, I led to this earlier about what's the future for me with CBS and all this stuff. So, all right, good, guys. Listen, man, if I don't talk to you guys, have a good weekend. Everybody uh, enjoy it, and I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, edition of the Taz Show. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Alright guys, I'm Taz Yanat. Adios. Me against the world. I've been doing what I really love. Haters been hiding behind the screen. Man, they movie cuts. And when I'm back at home, it never feels the same. Cause we've been doing our own thing. Trying to stay up. I wanna go back to days with no grades. We ordered the kids' meal. Play ball, that's all day now. I'm stuck looking at this Instagram page. But these likes on my picture and getting paid now i've been wondering where the party at because all of my concerns got me wondering where they got the bacardi